welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We are back once again today talking about addictions, super fun, Um, addictions to podcasts, addiction to your therapist, addiction to Shrink Think, all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm sure you have all of those. You have the triple whammy. Uh, Oh my. If you're not, you should, because that's a good addiction. No, it's like, you know. The one thing I think of is like alcohol, drugs, coffee, shopping, sex, sugar, sugar. Oh, yeah. Oh, you already said the Internet, video games. I mean, there's all kinds of addictions out there. But the thing is, when you go to therapy and you bring up your um, this sort of addiction, we're not just looking at like, okay, you need to stop the behavior. Sure, that might be true. And you know that, right? You're the first person to admit, like, I don't really want to be doing this. But the question is like, well, why am I doing that? And we will be asking you or a good therapist should be asking you, well, what need are you trying to meet that is behind that addiction? Um, And so one of the questions I'll usually ask people is like, well, what good thing are you trying to get out of that? And they're like, well, nothing. I'm like, no, no, I get that. But like underneath that, like there's a reason why you're doing it. There's a good reason for it. It might be a distorted or a dysfunctional reason, but there's a, a good reason for it that you're trying to meet. And so that's what we want to talk about today. But first, we want to tell you about a new service that we created that's coming soon for therapists and also people like you that are going to therapy. It's called ShrinkThink. These are short educational videos to inform you so that you can be empowered to get the most out of your therapy experience. So just imagine you're having a therapy experience and you're not sure about it. You know, for whatever reason, you're not sure if it's going the right way or you're not sure that you're doing the right thing. These videos are, they're really short. They're like two minutes and they basically are talking about things like, what do you talk about in therapy? What are your goals? How do you set goals? What's the point of therapy? Where are you going? How do you end therapy? How do you know if therapy needs to extend beyond what, you know, you thought it did? Um, How do you pay for it? How do you confront your therapist? That's a fun one. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. These are videos that normally, um, these are conversations that happen between a therapist and a client in the session while you're paying for it. And we, you know, we thought about this and we're like, well, why don't we, I mean, this is part of what we do on the podcast, but we wanted to take that out of the therapy session itself so that the therapist can send people over to these videos to have clients watch them, get all the information that they need about therapy, get informed and come to session ready to go to actually work on, you know, the reasons why you want to be in therapy. Yeah. I think it makes it a lot more efficient for everybody all the way around because the reality is, is especially after we started doing those, I started realizing, man, this is actually like, if everybody knew this stuff, it would, it would make things a lot easier because you go over some things with some people and other things with other people. It always ends up being helpful. They're like, Oh, well that's okay. I didn't really know that that's whatever. And If you have to, if you can just do that on the outside before, maybe even before you start therapy, 
you already know what to expect. And honestly, you know, we'll hold some therapists accountable. Like, um, it'll make your make your job really real, therapist. So obviously, we're really excited and really proud of this service that we created. It's coming soon. You can check out our website, shrinkthink.com. Uh, you can sign up for our email list to get informed about updates. Um, we're going to be creating more content. Um, we ultimately just want to bridge that gap between therapists and clients to empower people to get the most out of their therapy experience. So with that said, let's jump into the topic. Nathan, when we are dealing with people and their addictions and there's an underlying need, like what are some examples of things that uh, some needs that people have that maybe they don't realize that they have that they're trying to meet with this unhealthy behavior? Yeah, well, one would be love. I mean, we do have a need to be loved and important would be another one, you know, a need to be important um, because we are important, I think. And that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing as special, by the way, that we're all this, oh, everybody's a special little human, (laughs) but, but everybody is important. And the other piece of that is, is being, being important to another person, right? So people should treat you with respect, right? So at the end of the day, so Sometimes what happens is, is we, we have this, whatever the need happens to be, let's say it's love and it gets changed. Like, um, we think we're going to get love maybe when we're young and something not good happens. Like we get mistreated or whatever in that situation. We'll have a tendency later in life to kind of play that theme out of how that mistreatment happened. Um, when we're feeling the same types of feelings of what we consider love to be, but they're woven in there um, in, a, in a not good, quite frankly, evil way. So when that happens, then that can obviously create a really uncomfortable experience, one that you don't want to go through, one that maybe is overwhelming, maybe it, it taxes your system. Feel ashamed. Yeah, you feel ashamed. And all of that stuff can be really, really impactful to your body and make you want to crawl out of your skin or run away or, you know, whatever. And so that's often where the pursuit of something to make that go away, make that feel better comes from. Right. And it's often very confusing because the very action that you're doing to make it feel better is actually making you feel ashamed at the same time. So, and, but you want to, you have to keep doing it because it is a need that you're trying to fulfill that you really didn't ever learn totally how to actually fulfill. So it gets kind of stuck in time, kind of like a immature part of you that kind of stays back there and goes, Hey, we need to do this again. I need, I need some help. And so you do it again, immediately feel ashamed, whatever it happens to be. And it can be alcohol, for example, like you, you feel like you need something, but at the same time, the alcohol might make you feel better in the moment. Um, but you you get sucked into the better feeling right so you keep drinking and then all of a sudden you know i shouldn't be drinking but i'm still drinking and then you wake up the next morning you're like man why did i do that i did it a freaking again and you know but you feel good like and then you're like that's it i'm not gonna do it again i'm gonna change all this i'm not you know i'm I'm only gonna have one next time and but you won't you'll have more it'll happen again right because if you look back in that moment there was like a little mini crisis that was happening that led you to go drink the alcohol. And in that crisis, you were feeling whatever you were feeling, turning to the alcohol to meet that need. And in a sense, it did kind of fulfill that. I mean, it didn't really, right? Obviously, this is why people will be like, it's not doing anything for me. I don't know why I keep drinking. 
but and they also sound like that when they, <laughs> when they right. say it um but in reality it didn't meet that need but it it sort of like covered it up or in what i'm saying here is like the crisis was averted it did enough that i got out of that little mini crisis or the feeling or the whatever was happening to me or i thought that the need was actually met and so then out of that moment i'm like okay it worked even though i have the result of like the shame i don't want to do that anymore but the reality is, well, but it kind of worked. Something in my system is telling me and filing that away as, as, yeah, that did kind of work, though. And so now I've got this, like, tension, this problem inside myself that's like, well, I don't like the result of it. I don't like, you know, the shame that I have or I, maybe I don't even like that I'm drinking that much or drinking those calories or how I was behaving. But, man, it really does work to avert that crisis. Right. So then that, that shame, though, that you feel on the other side of that crisis for doing it. Um, is also something that you don't want to feel, right? <laughs> Why would you want to feel that? Which means that um, you probably don't want to talk about it. Why would you want to talk about this stuff? I mean, you, like, because what you're having to do is talk about something that's really negative and then, and then I guess, be ashamed of it. You know, like, let's be ashamed of something. <laughs> Welcome to therapy. <laughs> right. This is what we do. Let's talk about your shame. <laughs> right. Hi, what was your name? Let's talk about your shame. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's talk about how... You could be a writhing pile of crap. <laughs> yeah. That's how it feels for sure. Yeah. So, and that's not what we're doing. What we want to do, and this is why we have to go into it, is because the beginning part of that crisis that you were having is, is actually really a need. There's nothing wrong with it. It's like, no, there really is a need there. Like, we don't really want to talk about necessarily how you met the need necessarily. We do have to talk about that. Because it's part of your, it's part of how you learned to make that need happen. And it will expose more about how, about your need. Yeah. And if you go back to our last episode on, you know, why do therapists talk about your childhood? We go into like, there's stuff that, that happens when you're younger that gets developed or that you experience that you might not even realize was going on. So again, it's like one of those things where you don't, you, maybe you don't know what the need is because at that time you're just a kid. You don't have awareness about it, but it's a real need that is unbeknownst to you, but you feel it and you're reacting to it and you're responding to it and you're building sort of a course for yourself of behavior patterns based on that. Yeah. So let's, let's take, we've just done with alcohol. I don't know why we always go there, but it uh, seems like a theme. So let's say you're six years old. Okay. And um, all the adults drink beer. They all do. And, um, and you just, you like, like how they're all drinking that. It doesn't really matter to you one way or the other, but then your dad says, Hey son, come here, take a sip of this. And you feel like a part of the group. You feel great. You feel important. You feel loved. You feel like you're, you belong and you're a big guy, just like your dad taking that drink, right? Maybe that's what you're going for. When you're, when you're trying to, when you're feeling very alone in the middle of the night and you're sitting there thinking like you, you don't want to feel alone and you want to feel connected. You want to feel like you belong and bamo bingo bongo, you get a beer, you get whatever. That's how that theme repeats. You're, you're trying to meet a need and that's why we have to talk about it. Yeah. And so there are a bunch of other needs too. You know, we talked about, um, feeling loved or you talked about feeling belonging or important. There are some other ones as well. Sometimes um, people will do this, um, the need underneath this addiction, this behavior 
some of the other needs that people might be experiencing might be to feel uh, a sense of connection or closeness. You know, it's different from belonging, but maybe, um, and I've heard this, you know, we are talking about alcohol, but um, we deal with a lot of uh, sexual addictions or pornography as well. And that is something that people experience too, is like, it's like a, it's not a real person, but it's like a, a fake experience where like, I feel alone and then I can connect to somebody else in that, whatever that behavior is. And so it's like a pseudo connection, right? Or a pseudo closeness. Well, and the theme around on that usually has more to do with um, our bodies have arousal experiences, right? And so, and those are, those are supposed to happen. Those are, those are made, those are in you. There's nothing wrong with those. You need to have those. Uh, and um, when they get, they get kind of um, corrupted, like I hijacked, guess, yeah, hijacked, you, you end up looking at that and now you're going to associate that natural thing that you that you have as that's bad and this this body that you carry around everywhere is now a problem because it's like well i want that so you you want to have that experience which you need to have and there's nothing wrong with it um that's literally how our species keeps going and you're not allowed to that's a shameful thing and so it's the same thing from a theme standpoint like um you end up with an experience typically for boys, it's nine years old, first exposure. And for girls, it's 11 years old. And you end up in this experience where you're recreating some of the situations that, that happened later in life. Like, um, just thinking off the cuff, you had somebody, for example, um, like back in younger years, when I was growing up, the, the, um, usually the porn was more about the magazines, right? We didn't have the internet. So that's what, so you, you discover it maybe even on accident, like in somebody's bathroom, maybe a neighbor's house or somebody's house or whatever. And um, now it makes it makes you feel weird, right? And it's a secret. We're not going to talk about this with anybody. Like this is an interesting situation. And so we're not allowed to have these feelings. So now what do you do with these feelings in an actual healthy um, scenario with someone else? You're not necessarily allowed to have those, but yet you're having those. And so is that a shameful experience? And then, so in order to deal with that need, maybe you go, maybe you've, it's become a thing for you to like look at porn and then you feel that again and then you feel bad again. And there's, but there's nothing wrong with the original need that you have and the way that your body currently operates. And similarly too, a lot of this, you know, it's, it's very much connected, like the reward pleasure system and also like the pain um, system, those are all very closely related or connected here. Because in a lot of those too, these these addiction cycles, that there's something going on that's painful. So sometimes there's a need that's being met that's like, oh, I want connection or closeness or intimacy or love or whatever. Sometimes it's, I feel really overwhelmed and I need some space or some mm -hmm. distance from that, or I need that right. pain to go away, right? I need that pain to go down. So sometimes, you know, what you're talking about with this, like this these behaviors or these things that we're engaging, they actually give us a sense of pleasure that make you feel better. And, and that's like what you were saying with alcohol or with sex or whatever. It's like this thing actually legitimately from a chemical standpoint inside my body is making me feel better or get some distance from the pain that I was feeling. But it's a, it's a dysfunctional thing, right? The thing, the need that I had was like, I need to know, I need to like regulate these feelings or I need um, help being able to contain this big overwhelming experience and get some space from it. Cause I'm just drained from it or whatever. 
Right. So, so some of the key parts of repair with this for us as therapists to help you with is we have, we, we're trying to help you have compassion for yourself to kind of be able to, to go to that little guy inside there, right? That, you know, that younger you, however old that person is, and kind of realize like, wow, you really weren't in the wrong. I mean, this is something that was very natural that you needed and there's nothing wrong with that. And to, so it's like having, having to be able to look and go, it made perfect sense that you decided to do this. But then we want to redirect that and say, okay, so instead of taking it to, you know, this addictive sort of a thing, how can we get this need met in a healthier way? Or how can we get this need met in a way that actually meets it in a, you know, in a good, you know, like if we're talking about connection, like, you know, if you're looking at a screen or drinking a bottle or whatever, that's not actual connection. But it would be reaching out to somebody and sharing how you feel and letting somebody else see you and care about you, for example. Right. And there's not really a way for you to know how to answer that question with us about what maybe you could do instead until you really understand what that need actually was, which means slowing down and looking at it. And at first, that seems really shameful because of the, all the shame that's associated with it, right? We're not really focused on the shame part. We're trying to help you actually get distance from that so that you can actually talk about the need. Yeah, and I would even add, you know, you're, you're talking about shame. And, you know, again, closely related to that is judgment, too, is a lot of people will say, and it's, it, it happens right on the heels of it. They'll say, I did this, and I know I'm bad for it, or I know I shouldn't, or whatever. And I'm like, hold on a second. Let's take that judgment out of it, because that judgment is like slapping a, a negative label on it and then shoving it out the window and saying, I don't want to listen to you anymore. But like you're saying, we want to have compassion for those parts and we want to understand the needs without the judgment so that we can just look at it honestly and say, yeah, we're not saying it's good or bad or right or wrong. We're just simply saying, what is the need? Let's understand what it is, even if it's being pursued in an unhealthy way or with an unhealthy thing. The need is a good, legitimate need. Now we can, now that we understand it, we can move toward some solutions that are, that are healthier, more appropriate, safer, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So even in my, my little boy example, the six-year-old that's getting the drink from his dad, it'd be like, wow, that, that was really cool to feel like it belonged. Like, and back then, I mean, that six-year-old, did you get drunk? Well, no. Okay. Well, you just, you had a drink and you associated it with it, but you've had that feeling to belong. Like, was there any other times where you felt kind of belonging like that in your life and learn to reassociate stuff? Cause when you really understand it, it's like, Oh, well, that's okay for me to feel that. Okay. Well, where else did I feel that? And so as you expand, like kind of that space inside yourself for being able to allow for that to be okay. Um, it, the secret nature goes away. The shaming stuff starts to disappear and it becomes a lot more of a healthy experience. Yeah. And then it opens you up to this like new exploratory phase where you might, you know, in your example, I think it's a really good one. You might have to explore. Yeah. What does it look like to belong? I don't know how to belong. I don't know. Like, what do you what do you do to belong? Because I've always done this thing over here. You might actually have to explore new ways of doing that or even understand what that need really means in the real world, you know, with actual other people or other experiences apart from that addiction. Right. And it's just about like exploring the, exploring the connection that you felt back then. Cause that was a real thing. Like we talked about the felt sense in previous episodes. That's a, you really felt that that was, I'm sure not fake. It was actually real. So it's like, okay, well, 
why did I feel that? Like, it probably wasn't about the beer. No, it wasn't. They were all doing the same thing. Okay, so what else was going on? So, and it's that kind of exploratory nature that kind of helps you go like, wait a minute, this is different than maybe what I thought. And it makes you this thing called a human. (laughs) Right. As we're saying this, I'm just reminded of this old TV show called Cheers. And the opening uh, song was, you want to go where everybody knows your name. And the whole idea is that people know who you are. They're connected with you. You show up and it's like, oh, you know, like Norm would walk in and everyone's like, Norm, (laughs) you know, it's like, I belong, right? It happens to be over drinking or over alcohol or whatever, but you can have that experience any number of places. Maybe that doesn't have to be the bar, for example. So we hope this episode has been helpful and enlightening and um we just thank you for everything have a good day thanks for listening to our show don't forget to head over to apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode you can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 